Hello, and welcome to Nested Folders, a podcast about personal productivity, getting our best work accomplished. I'm Scotty Jackson. With me, as always, is Rosemary Orchard. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm great, Scotty. I've just moved house, so my system has been serving me well recently. How are you doing? Uh, good. You must be like riddled with check marks. That oh, sounds awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I had a massive list of things to buy, and I'm very pleased to say I am now extremely poor. So I appear to have been very <laughs> successful with this. Uh, unfortunately, I've Fantastic. also discovered I need to purchase carpet, but that's that's all trapped tracked in my system. And uh, I've been experimenting with different options recently because I have to keep other people in the loop, aka my dad, who's doing the redecorating. So I need to uh, adjust my system a tad. That is wonderful. I've been doing some analog stuff. I got a cork board next to my desk now, so I can see my most important projects. I mean, obviously they're stored in my system, but now I can see them also visually in front of me when I walk in. And if I get off track, all I have to do is glance to my left and there they are. So that's that's my new thing. Yeah, that's great. I've just hung a magnetic board on, on the uh, side of my desk. And so I can actually look and see what's supposed to be happening on what day of the week. So I know that today I'm recording nested folders. Uh, and that's great. It's it's a nice way to keep on top of things. Right on. I, and this is all like right in the vein of the, the topic I wanted to cover today. So listeners, our whole podcast can be found at nestedfolderspodcast.com. And for supporters, we have a premium feed at unnestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested. But for today, I want to keep this conversation rolling. I wanted to talk about, because we've been doing a GTD series or getting things done, following the getting things done methodology, and we've gone through all of the steps of workflow from capture to clarify or process, if you will, organize, review, and engage or do. But I thought it would be interesting to talk about like installing GTD into your life or your first GTD system or um, and, and for those who already have systems as well, maybe ways to rethink it a little bit, but just some of the, you know, kind of key aspects of implementation. Uh, what do you think? I think it's that's a great thing to think about because I, even though you and I both have established GTD systems, we adapt them and evolve them to our needs and the needs of the situation. And I think that's something that everybody can benefit from. And people who are just getting started, hey, does feel really overwhelming. I remember doing this myself and I've started over Mm -hmm. several times, um, you know, and it's just so terrifying in so many ways because, oh my gosh, what do I use? Because there are so many tools out there and so many options and they're all great, but you need to figure out what works for you and what works with you because that's of course the key. That's absolutely it. And I think that as your needs change and evolve too, whether you change jobs or maybe your family grows or your move house or you have a different living situation or another body of work comes into your world, it's okay to adjust your system as well. So in these events, I think thinking about the installation of GTD in in your overall life is is a worthwhile thinking exercise. Um one of the things that I that I thought a lot about is kind of aligning the system too to the to the steps of workflow. So we, we talked about the steps of workflow and I thought it's really interesting to think about, okay, well, how does my system capture? And then once I've captured, how do I go about clarifying or processing? And then what do I use for organizing? And then how do I like to review? And then when it comes time to doing, how do I like to do that? And so thinking about a system through those discrete lenses, maybe it sounds obvious when you say it out loud, but until you do, 
I think that that's kind of one of the nuanced things that maybe isn't self-evident at first. Yes. And I think it is very important to look at what your life actually looks like, because it's so easy to go, oh, yes, I'd love a, a fully automated and audio based system. But realistically, when I go to sit down and do things, I can't have, you know, Siri or whichever assistant talking to me all the time saying it's time to do this. It's time to do that. Um, I, mm-hmm. I need a list that I can actually look at and check off. And if, say, you know, you're a mechanic or a plumber or something and you're you're moving around all the time and you've got, you know, different things to do in different places and maybe grease on your hands or something. It's much easier to have bits of paper that once you've done your task, you can throw it away because it's covered in grease instead of, you know, getting your lovely, precious, beautiful phone, uh, greasy, dirty and potentially broken. Uh, and I say that as the voice of somebody who broke her screen protector this week um, because, you know, moving house and turns out my phone, not a great tool for <laughs> checking off those tasks I should have picked something else but you know fortunately in my case it was just my screen protector but you know you have to pick the right tools that fit in with your lifestyle and the activities that you're doing Um, I think it's really attractive to make the tool the problem because if the tool is the problem in terms of installing GTD then ostensibly you can buy your way out of the problem all I have to do is buy the tool then everything's great um, but it's not that simple. I think if it were that simple, then everyone would have just done that and we'd all be, you know, these well-oiled machines of productivity all the time. Um, I think the, the challenge is really working the philosophy behind the system and figuring out the mental models and how to, ad- and how to adapt this. And so I think focusing on that before focusing on a tool or an app or a solution or something like that is really, really important. So, um, I, I like what you said about, you know, starting with things that are at hand, like paper, like index cards. Um, that is a great way of, you know, low friction getting into starting to take on some of these practices and seeing how that feels. Yes, it's also cheap. And that is one thing I would definitely caution people to think about when they're starting systems. It's very tempting to go and, and buy, you know, something, for example, OmniFocus or things. But these systems after their free trial, are not free. You do need to pay for them. Mm. And the question is whether mm. or not you need that because what you, what everybody, in my opinion, needs is a system that works for them. And that system can look like and act like anything, providing it works for and with you. Because there is nothing worse than a system that works against you. Because, you know, especially if you've invested money into it and time and it's still not working out, you, you can't forever keep throwing money at a problem. So I would definitely say start cheap. And if, you know, if you have terrible handwriting and you can't read it later or frequently have difficulty, you know, like writing things down, then you might want to start with something like reminders or something similar that's built into your devices and is available for free because that's also free, you know, and it, it's for a great sure. place to get started. So I would definitely say start simple, be that paper or something very basic like reminders or outlook tasks or whatever your system is, um, you know, that's available to you for free and then go from there because you can scale upwards if and when you need to. But what you need to do to start with is get into the good habits that you need to make the system work for you. That's exactly right. And I mean, any system is only going to be as good as its content. Yeah. Now, content, the the systems and the apps and all of those things help you manage the content, but you still need the content. 
And so, uh, one of the things that I, that I used in one of my very first GTD implementations was a .txt file because it was free. It was easy. It was there. I have a computer, um, that was before phones. Uh, and, and all you have to do is start typing mm-hmm. and, you know, sure. Fancy pants applications will help you move that stuff around and add metadata to it and categorize it and all of these things. But starting with capturing and putting ideas in a place and then thinking through, okay, now how do I go about clarifying this? How do I determine what this thing that I wrote down means? Um, and then finding ways to organize it within, uh, within systems like ones you mentioned, like, like notes or reminders, or even within a, a text file itself. I, I think it's as long as you can start on the content somehow, mm-hmm. you will get a feeling for how you like to approach creating that content and how you want to approach um, organizing or sorting or managing that content. Yes. And I would suggest making a key part of setting up your system regular system review. So we've mentioned this before on the show, but you know, it's it's a good idea to go back and look at what's working and what's not working for you. And I would suggest mm-hmm. don't do this more often than monthly because it takes approximately 30 days to build a habit. Now, that's not to say that after you've done it for 30 days, you can do it forever, but after 30 days, it starts to become more normal than, you know, whatever, um, you know, you might do. So for example, at the moment, I'm learning lots of new habits, like how to turn on the bathroom light because it's in a different place. Um, and <clears throat> give me a month and it'll be, you know, normal for me to do that. But Right. After, but in say 10 days, it might feel relatively easy, but it's still not going to be at the point where it would be after a month. So I would suggest if you're looking at your system, don't evaluate it more than monthly because it's very tempting to tweak, 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 tweak. And if you continually tweak, you're never going to build those habits. And therefore, you can never say whether or not it's a system that's failing you or the habits that are failing you Um, or if you're failing yourself, essentially. So if you do it every month or so, then you're going to know, Okay, yes, this works or no, this doesn't work for me. I need to do, you know, something else. Um, But if you you do it monthly, then, you know, you can go back and see, ah, yeah, yeah, like this here really doesn't work. And you can also look ahead and see, oh, right, well, my system is great for me, but this month I've got a project that I need to collaborate with somebody else on, and that's going to have to work very differently. Uh, I, Mm -hmm. I need to pick... A, a different system for that particular thing um, so that you can, you know, set yourself up for success there. But a, approximately a monthly basis would be my suggestion of system review there. That's a really good idea. I think it's also valuable to approach it from a perspective of interoperability, meaning it's not necessarily that the system is broken or that you have bad habits. But if something isn't working, it's because the stack of habits that you have and the system that you're using may not be working together optimally. Mm-hmm. So what are the habits that you want to keep and maybe change your system around to honor those habits? Yes. And what are the elements of the system that you want to keep because you want to use it in a certain way that you might have to change habits around? So you have the opportunity to influence your own behaviors and practices on both sides of the habit and system equation. And I think, I think being reflective on both of those can be really, really valuable because then you get a sense of, you know, which are the things that I need to change and which are the things that I want to change about external tools and, and so on. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah. And that that's the thing. You have to pick and choose. And it's it's sometimes very tempting to just say, oh, I'm going to pick this system and do everything with this system. But you have to remember you are a human being. You have spent a lifetime building the habits that you have now. Things will not change overnight. So sometimes it might be easier to start at the shallow end and work your way in deeper as well and say, right now I keep everything on post-its. So I'm probably going to upgrade from post-its to something a little bit more durable like index cards. Um, But then you're not breaking your habits. And then maybe just add a binder clip to keep them together. And voila, you have a hipster PDA. Very popular in the early 2000s. Um, you can Google it. Uh, I think Scotty might even put a link to the hipster PDA in the show notes if we ask nicely. There will be a link in show notes. Yeah. Um, but you know, start with what you know, because you can, you can evolve from there, but if you change too many things at once, then it's kind of like being adrift in the middle of an ocean. Absolutely. And I, 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 I feel like the idea of one system that handles everything again is like this attractive notion that probably presents well on a Google slide somewhere. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's not like you uh, open up your phone and there's only one app and the app takes care of your calendar, grocery list, commitments, videos, uh, social media accounts, and all of those things. No, there, there, there are many different tools for the many different needs, and it is okay to have many different tools. When, when we talk about the system, I, I think it's really important to know that I don't mean, I don't want to speak for you, Rose, but like, I don't mean an app or a thing. I mean, an ecosystem of things that work together in the way that I know that they work together for me. And so my system is comprised of several applications, but also a bunch of human practices that I undertake and some human practices that I expect others to undertake around me for my system to also work. <laughs> so I think system is a big word. And the more time you spend installing and exploring and refining how you work with GTD, the more the word system uh, kind of takes on and the more you realize uh, is involved in keeping that moving. Definitely. And it it's so tempting to think I can do everything in one application, but as somebody who's been doing this for quite a while now, no, I don't do it in one application. You absolutely can. You know, if, if that's where you want to start, you just think, right, I'm going to start by using just, you know, reminders is going to be for everything. I'm going to have my events in there. I'm going to create a list called calendar events, etc. By all means, go for it. Give it a shot. But remember that there are tools designed for tracking calendar events. They're usually called calendar or something with Cal, Fantastic Cal, for example. Right. Um, and you, you sometimes it's better to pick multiple tools that help you achieve the job and that integrate together. So, for example... You and I both use OmniFocus. It has calendar integration, as does things. So you can see the events due for your day along with your tasks, which is great. But that's integrating with another calendar application. You can't add calendar events from either of those apps. Um, so you right. need to do a little bit of picking and choosing um, to, to figure it out. Of course, you could just go completely old school and get a file fax and do everything there. By all means, I dug a couple out of my uh, boxes today when I was unpacking. Um, and, you know, I, I still love them. They're, they're great tools. So just pick what works for you. There's nothing wrong with either of those things. I, um, and I, I like what you said, too, about, you know, multiple systems. I think that the, the thing that has been really important for me and my success with multiple applications has been making sure that I have very clear 
rules for myself about what apps are for what so that I don't have to think about that in the moment when I'm using the system. And the rules may change because I change or, or because the way I discover I interact with things may change and that, and that's fine. But I think having uh, rules for what goes where and understanding what role different apps or solutions play in your in your overall system is, is really beneficial and helpful because then you know where to look for what. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. You need to know where you're going to find things. Um, and it needs to be easy to find things as well. So for example, the advantage of a calendar or whatever calendar app is, is everything's ordered chronologically. Um, and mm -hmm. as somebody who has attempted to keep track of a series of events on paper before with one piece of event, one event per piece of paper, uh, it all falls down when the breeze catches your pile. Um, so try, oh. try to set yourself up for success here because it, that's a very difficult thing to, uh, to reshuffle and you end up spending quite a while sitting there going, wait, 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 but, <laughs> but I didn't write a time on this one. Is this one before or after this? I know I put it in the pile in the right place. Whoops. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, physical things can also be like super instructive yes. about what means what. So um, I, I've thought about things like, you know, different containers or filers, uh, kinds of paper. You mentioned like post-its or index cards uh, or trays, you know, ways of, you know, moving these bits of paper or physical material around and also color. Uh, I found uh, color to be a wonderful uh, visual signal for what means what. And so uh, I think that training on GTD using uh, physical uh, or analog pieces is, is, is really valuable. And then thinking about, okay, now I want to make this easier for myself by employing digital solutions. Uh, and then maybe later, you know, going into things like automation or something like that. But that that's down the road. Starting with the physical is great because then you're really focusing on the practice and what means what. Uh, and then you look for digital solutions that map to that. Yes. This application helps me work the way I have found that working for me works best. Yes. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And that's the thing. How do, how do you work? You know, what kind of person are you? Are you a person who likes to have things physically in front of you? Or are you a person who likes to have a completely empty desk and have everything inside of the single device that's on that desk? You know, you have to mm. figure out who you are. Most of us land somewhere between those two extremes where we have a mixture of digital and physical. And that's fine. You just have to figure out, you know, which of those, you know, strikes you as being more you and maybe start from that. Totally. And and think back to like the episode, our last episode too, which was like our first unnested episode where we talked about Mark's situation. I mean, I'm a person who does, you know, 90% of my life is in my house. Uh, it's where I work and where I live and where I parent and all of these things. Mark is moving from location to location, from platform to platform. So the needs of your system are going to vary so, so much from, from person to person and from situation to situation. So keeping an open mind uh, to, you know, what may need to shift about the way you're thinking about your, your system as you begin to implement it, what might need to change. Um, being thoughtful when you do that monthly system review of not just how is this working for me in general terms, but maybe start to break that apart a little bit and say, how is this working for me for my work things? How is this working for me for things that are at location A versus location B versus location C? Mm -hmm. How is this working for me for uh, parenting things? How is this working for me for, or, or, 
you may be kinds of work too. So when I get emails about X or when someone slacks me about Y or when someone phones me or faxes me or mails me or I get a FedEx envelope, how is the system working with all of those various different kinds of input in my life? And how could I tune it um, to those various different sort of, I guess, communication channels that I have? Yeah, exactly. Because what you can't change to an extent are other people. Um, so, of course, you can always ask nicely, hey, Scotty, would you mind sending me these things <laughs> via email instead of via Slack? But, you know, that you have your systems and I have my systems and we have to meet in the middle on these things, compromise, just like in every single relationship out there, um, you know, be that romantic or professional. Uh, you know, you have to meet in the middle to an extent. And it doesn't mean that everybody ends up unhappy, but sometimes you, you do just have to go this person always manages to send me things via Slack. Let's let's leave that and figure out how I can better work to capture that. Um, because sure. you know that's that's what makes the most sense usually. So, also recognizing, and I think we we've done an episode in the past too on on how to do productivity with people who don't. Uh, very likely, a lot of the people you work with will have no system whatsoever, and so uh, how do you uh, use your system? to optimize your work for that, knowing that the people with whom you're working may not be tracking commitments and clarifying their actions and and so on. I'm not saying how do you uh, help them manage their lives. <laughs> I'm saying how do you help yourself manage yours when when the crazy makers come for you? Yes, exactly. And uh, as, as a tip for that, I'm just going to go waiting on that, that list. Um, it's going to be <laughs> so helpful to everybody. And that is definitely something that I would really recommend that you, you start with actually in your system. Like you, you need to figure out, you know, what are the key things that help you go, but also what are the things that stop you, you know, red lights and green lights, what, you know, so mm -hmm. if, for example, you constantly have this person called Scotty and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and he never, ever, ever puts a show topic in notes. That's a lie. He always does. He's so fast. Unbelievable. Um, but what say, for example, you have somebody like that. Well, you're going to need to figure out a system so that you can keep on top of what you need from this person so that then when you see them or you're emailing them, you could say, oh, and by the way, could you let me know about this, please? Um, you know, or you can send them an email and say, hey, I have these 10 outstanding items from you. C can you help me out with this, please? You know, so that you know that. Or, you know, if other things are just constantly sending you money and uh, sending you money would be great or sending you things to do, it'd be probably more logical. <laughs> so if other things are sending you loads of stuff to do, then you need to figure out how to capture all of that and use that as an accelerator so that you can keep going so that you stay on top of it instead of getting snowed under. Absolutely. I think for bonus marks too, the waiting on list, and I agree with you, that's that's a fantastic uh, way of starting. Uh, also helps to up the game of those around you too, because it won't take too long before people start noticing, oh, wow, like Rose is really on top of being aware of the things that I'm meant to be doing. Holy smokes, I'd better do those things I'm meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so you start seeing, so that that's great if you uh, are someone who has direct reports or if you uh, are, are helping out a team or uh, you just want to just sort of help elevate the game of uh, the folks around you, uh, the waiting on list is a great uh, Trojan horse way into that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's amazing the number of things where you are waiting on something, be that a delivery from Amazon or, you know, for somebody to to publish a show so that you can 
tweet about it or something like that. You know, you, you have a variety of things where other people or services or companies are involved. And it's it's quite nice to be able to keep on top of that just for your peace of mind. So you know what's out of control, because once you know what's out of control, you can focus on getting everything else under control. Absolutely. So, I mean, like, like to me, the, the whole TLDR of this entire conversation is start. Yes. Start writing some stuff down, start capturing some things that are for you and start capturing some things that are, that are for you from others Mm -hmm. as a great way in because content first and, and then start to experiment with how you can move that around in ways that work for you. Definitely, because anything is better than nothing. So starting with a system, even if it's not perfect, because there is no perfect system, so don't worry. There are some that are less perfect than others, but Mm. as long as your system is doing what you expect and need it to do, it's a system and it works. Um, Maybe on that note, that is just the best way to wrap up this conversation. This has been fantastic, Rose. It's been great talking to you again, Scotty. And I love talking about systems. And uh, I'm going to see over the next couple of weeks and months how my system evolves to uh, handle redecorating a house as well as uh, unpacking. There are a suspiciously large number of boxes behind me, and I swear they're multiplying like triples. Mm, that's what the, that's what boxes do. Look out for boxes. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's what tasks do in your task management system. But if you check them off, then has a pretty powerful effect on your on your psyche. So uh, go and enjoy checking things off and build that system so you can. It sure does. While you're doing that, uh, you can check out our whole podcast. Again, it can be found at nestedfolderspodcast.com. And for supporters, we do have a premium feed that is new of unnested folders at nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested, where we take on user and listener challenges and questions. And we'll be doing a episode on that very soon uh, that I'm really excited about. And you can find the podcast at nestedfolderspodcast.com and at nestedfolders on Twitter. If you want to send us any feedback, we would love it. So please do send it in. Yes. Love hearing people's tweets on the Twitter uh, or through a feedback form on the website, either or. Mm, um, yeah. Rosemary Orchard, where might people find you on the internet? You can find me at rosemaryorchard.com and also on Twitter at rosemaryorchard. Scotty, where can people find you? I can be found at heyscottyj.com or by the same name on Twitter. And uh, until next time, take care, Rose. Goodbye, Scotty.